And honestly, for most things, I tell people, okay, you know, as you run out, replace it. And that's definitely a strategy that you can take. But boy, I tell you, when I learned about fragrance, I took everything in my house that had fragrance and I threw that crap in the garbage. <laughs> that was the first thing I did. Always went through anything that had fragrance or parabens. Yeah. Like kiddos. Yep. And if it was something I could just stop using, I just stopped using it. And then if it was things I needed to replace, I just went out and found a replacement as long as it was affordable for our family. So... You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knabel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome everyone! Happy New yes. Year! I still can't believe I can say 2019. 2019. Like, well, the weird part is we're—it feels like we're recording this in another dimension because <laughs> it's still 2018 <laughs> when we're recording it, but it's going to come out on the first of January. So here we are—the realities of behind the scenes, people. Yeah, it's a little, a little bizarre for us. We're like Happy New Year, but it's not Christmas, Christmas hasn't yet. even happened yet. <laughs> I'm not. Oh my gosh. It just at this moment in time, I'm still just like, what day is it? What? <laughs> I feel the same way. Just wait till your kids are out of school. You're going to be like, what? Oh, stop. I'm not ready. I know there's a lot of kids that are already out of school, but mine aren't. Not till tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> oh, deep breaths, people. Luckily, oh, my life doesn't change that much because my childcare will go on. Oh, I'm so happy and for you. And my husband's a teacher, so he is able to be So off. actually gets better over break it actually doesn't as far as work is concerned because mm -hmm. he is on the other end of of my life going what are you doing now what are you doing now do you want to go do something it's gonna be really fun i have the day off i'm, I'm on like, vacation what are you doing <laughs> like, i'm not so i am actually actively taking a chunk of of vacation which you'll know soon because i'll be sharing it with all the people in my life who i do business with so oh my gosh that's when that's wonderful I'm like that doesn't happen to me i just get more people in my house and very little structure and yes oh, all of this sounds I'm not really familiar except I'm the one who goes places no one comes to my house because I live in 700 square feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah so totally random and funny story but we have such a small space that we the only place we could put our Christmas tree this year is basically in our kitchen and <laughs> wait does I mean, it get in the way i mean not basically still flow? It, well oh yes yeah 100 oh, percent. so the only spot it could go which it would actually look really great in this spot there's a it's our main wall heater vent in the the main living oh. space so that's not a thing <laughs> from <laughs> a like, hazard uh, perspective uh. and last year we had it in our living room area because we didn't have a couch that we had found that we liked yet yeah but your so couch we is had beautiful. like a, a couple of loungy chairs and so there was room for a christmas tree but this year it is in the kitchen fully and i posted this to instagram stories the other day and i was like everybody that's totally normal right to put your christmas tree in your kitchen and i got several photo and video replies from people who were just like yep christmas tree in the kitchen it's the best place to put it it's the only place to put it i also live in 600 or 700 square feet and i was really? like really yes i felt You're like, like the, oh i'm like not the alone shaking the fist like we're uniting <laughs> <laughs> i felt less and alone let's just say that that's fantastic. It's the best feeling in the world when you're like, I am not the only person doing this. And then I remind myself that I don't do things conventionally most of the time anyway, because that's just my that's hazard hazard of being an Enneagram type eight. So <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. See, and it just makes sense that I'm an Enneagram type two and I just seem to be collecting people in my house. Oh, babe. 
but that's just who I am. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys don't follow Enneagram and Coffee on Instagram, you absolutely should. We'll link it in the show notes. They I didn't li- realize how brand new it was. Oh, crazy brand new. And let me just it's- tell you, I don't know what the followership is like. It's probably doubled by now. But the first day I looked at it, they had less than 10,000 followers and now they have over 100,000 followers. No, it's bonkers. And even the moderator of the group and stories was just like, uh, wow. <laughs> Clearly people love this stuff. Well, and there's yes. so much thought put into it too. So two of the things they put out was Enneagram bingo for each type. So like things Crazy you can accurate. check off. I know I looked at the eight and I was like, ooh, so many things I can put in here. And then, yeah, crazy, and then crazy like accurate. first, like a first date fill in, of oh like word. each, it was almost like Mad Libs or whatever. Yeah. And I just thought it was so hilarious. And apparently the entire planet also thought it was hilarious and could relate. Yeah. Right. No, so. yeah, it's 120 K followers now. Dang. That yeah. was like and it's days only been ago ups. that they even launched. Four days ago. That's insane. I didn't even know that was possible. Dude, when people are ready, they're ready, I guess. Dude, power of social media, I'll tell you that much. I'm going to apologize in advance to all our listeners right now, which is basically our moms. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, my dog is snoring in the background right now. Oh, that's so sweet. I don't know if you can hear it at all, but it is. I can't. It's there. It's definitely there. So It's there. Genevieve might have to pick it up and edit it out. I was like, I might, I might, I might be able to do that. So if you guys oh. don't hear it, it's because Genevieve is a sound master. Those are my skills. An <laughs> engineer, a sound engineering master. Oh, anything far, far from, but I am, I'm a student of such skills. So I am learning. It's a fascinating that. thing to learn about. I think it's good to be a student of many things. Agreed. Hmm. Agreed. This actually segues perfectly into like, what's up? what is up what is up like i want to talk about you know as we're entering this new year and with the topic of this episode what are you hoping to further detoxify in your home this is so hard so i mean honestly i have come to a place where i pretty much switched out all of the toxic products in my life as far as like skincare makeup obviously um, deodorant, personal care, household cleaning products, etc. So you're telling me now it's the hard stuff. <laughs> now it's like the expensive stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you like you think the other stuff is expensive. Now it goes to this level. And yeah, so just, just next wait. steps for us are filtering water, mm-hmm. um, taking some steps in air purification. But first step, which we already took, which is very exciting, is we purchased a non-toxic mattress. That's exciting. And we did so through Avocado. We looked at several different options. And right now that was the one that worked best personally for my budget. Another option that I was looking really deeply into um, is uh, a company that we purchased our little man's uh, mattress through. And I'll have to pull Mm. it up for you guys. But anyways, we looked for Avocado and looked through Avocado. And it's basically natural rubber latex um mm-hmm. and wool and there are no cl- chemical flame retardants and that was the thing there are lots of companies out there that claim to be natural and non-toxic in the mattress space just like they do in the personal care space and mm-hmm. you gotta like dig and do more research and from what i found some of these companies still used chemical flame retardants or they used a smaller concentration of them or things that were considered like low vocs rather than just using products that are naturally uh, flame retardant anyway, like mm. um, like like wool. So oh, interesting. Yeah. So the, I wonder if that's still going to be helpful to people. Because like, I know my mom can't do wool; she's got an allergy to wool. So there is. They have a vegan mattress as well, mm. a vegan mattress option that I believe is basically going to be like a hundred percent latex. Oh, interesting. Um. So I can pull up some information here. So they have essentially it's latex rubber and natural wool and then organic cotton covering. And mm. then it's got support coils. There's no polyurethane foam or toxic fire retardants. And then the vegan option, I'll pull that up and show 
you or talk to you about what's in there. I think this is a really interesting topic to discuss because if at least in some of their instances, are there enough people talking about this that when you did your research, did you find that you were able to get the information you were really looking for? Like it was still you know, kind of convoluted. I actually mm-hmm. had to go through a couple of different resources that were um, that I trusted. Like I tried to find essentially other people in my practitioner space, and I I crowdsourced in my my alternative health groups on Facebook that I'm a part of, and practitioner groups, and just said, hey you know, what do you guys suggest for your clients and what do you use yourselves? And, you know, I'm not an expert in, in this space at all. This is something that we needed to step into. And really, honestly, what made us take a look at it was that we need a new mattress really, really badly. <laughs> like really, mm-hmm. Our mattress is falling apart. And we bought it's it dead. used when we lived in Colorado, which was like I, 10 years ago, which is mm-hmm. crazy to me, by the way, eight years ago. And... <laughs> But we purchased it when we first moved there and it's 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 broken down. It's causing us back issues. Yeah. <laughs> so your, for us it's your like back a, is like, thank you. <laughs> for us it's a sleep health thing. And so mm-hmm. that yeah. was kind of the the road we went down. And when my husband and I were starting to talk about it, we talked about budget and what we wanted to put for that. And I basically was like, Hey, hun, we're gonna have to like double or triple the budget that we would normally plan on purchasing a mattress because I know too much now about what's in mattresses and it's it's extremely difficult to to learn about like the biggest thing that that I found difficult to figure out was the flame retardant thing because some of them are using like quote-unquote natural spray foams and all this kind of stuff to fill the mattress so a lot of the non-toxic mattress options are like foam based but it's not Mm -hmm. they try to it and they kind of pussyfoot around like what's really going on in there and so essentially what I found with the avocado mattress and I did my own research is they use naturally hydrated silica for the compound and it Mm. comes from um it's like the same compound as opal like the gemstone so it's like like mineral base um and that's fascinating that protects both sides of the mattress they also use wool which wool will char but it won't ignite So it acts as like an additional fire barrier. And so it totally meets the standards without having any chemical flame retardants. So that's just smart formulation. I feel like there's just, there's so much, um, there's not enough friction between people and their ingredient selections for many things, whether it's a, a product or it's a consumable or it's a, you know, personal care product of any kind. It's, you have to do your due diligence and start looking for things like using wool like I don't know anybody that's using wool in their mattresses but it make that makes a lot of sense yeah and then the vegan option um is just 100% natural latex and then mm. organic cotton and it uses support coils and the same sort of silica filling as Interesting. well so it just doesn't use wool as that additional um fire barrier I know my mom needs a new mattress so bad and I know she's in the same space she really wants to She's like, if I'm going to buy a mattress, I know that I have to do, I, she's in the space where she knows too much as well. <laughs> yeah. And I've got, I, I've got a code for you guys to use for, um, it's a referral code. So I do, I get a kickback if you use it, but I'll, I'll put that in the show notes just in case you want to check it out and then awesome. feel free to shoot me a message. If you guys have questions, I should have my mattress and have tested it out a few times before we oh, air awesome. this episode so if anyone has questions about that and one other cool part about the avocado mattresses is you can get an optional pillow top um mm. added so if you want the pillow top you can um you can go without it and then if you go without it and you decide you want it you can just order the uh, the additional pillow top and throw that on top so they have a non-toxic oh, pillow great. top as well so that was something that my husband and i argued on like whether we wanted that. i do I want, love pillow tops. i want it and he doesn't want it so we're gonna try it without and then we'll add it if we want to Oh, that's, that's a fair compromise. Yeah. But all the mattresses are handmade in California. So they take a couple weeks to get out to you and they do have a holiday sale going on right now that I think goes through like early through the first week of January. And so you might be able to get in on that. It was like $150 off of our mattress. So that was, that was helpful. It's like 10%. Yeah. That's amazing. Every little bit counts. Yeah. And this is (laughs) you guys, this is not an ad. This is absolutely me just trying to find my own my own journey as far as finding non-toxic stuff for my family 
And mm-hmm. this is the one that popped up that I felt like was the most affordable and was going to provide a great solution for now. And then I would look at deeper solutions um, in the future when we go to purchase a second mattress. And maybe we make this one like our guest room when we actually have a bigger space. So that's kind of the direction we're going with it. They also have um, great uh, pillow options where you can pull the filling out to make it however denser or not that you oh, like. And they're not inexpensive by any means, but they also have mm-hmm. a promotion going right now where you can get like two free pillows with the purchase of a mattress as well, which Ooh, is killer. like $160 for two pillows. <laughs> so not, Yeah, I mean, it's how much you spend on cheap. even high quality yeah. Not even thinking about toxicity. Right. Well, and this is the other piece of it too. Like I've switched over to using, we have like organic pillows and all of that, but they break down really quickly and Ooh, yeah. uh, avocado will, will, you can purchase additional filling as things break down. So you can switch out the filling. And so it's a lot more sustainable because you're not getting like a whole new pillow. You're just filling it with more stuff in there. I think that's great. Cause like, we bought a new mattress and pillows uh, about three and a half years ago. No, it's, it'll be four years this late winter. Mm-hmm. And it was like right before I went on my non-toxic journey, like really figuring out like how poorly we are regulated and in, in the United States specifically. And I, truth be told, I don't even like my pillows and they were not cheap. Mm-hmm. They were not cheap. They're recommended based off of the sleep position I find myself in the most. And I'm kind of excited the idea of switching them out for non-toxic and just trying something new anyway. It's like, I think it's, it's time for me to get new pillows as well. Well, pillows might be a good place to start in that arena for sure. Yeah. Truth. Actually, this kind of segues into like what I'm going to be doing. Um, in our home, we've in a similar, similar place where we are mostly non-toxic with most of our things having to do with kind of some of the basics that we're going to talk about today. But, um, we're in that space where if money were not a thing, what would I do next kind of thing? <laughs> like if, if money were not a thing, I think mattresses would definitely be really high on the list. But for me specifically, um, the flooring and air quality all go kind of hand in hand for me because my oldest, uh, he has eosinophilic esophagitis disease. Say that 10 times fast. And he is environmentally driven. So when he encounters an allergen or um, a trigger that um, we haven't quite figured out yet, we know it's environmental, uh, it triggers the inflammation in his throat. Well, we can't put him in a bubble. You know, it's, you know, the best we can hope for is to have him be on his medication that helps him with his inflammation and things like that. But I know for a fact that dust is really high on his allergen list and we have carpet. We've got carpet upstairs. We've got mostly stone downstairs, but I would love to get rid of all the carpet. I would love to put HEPA filters in every room. I would mm-hmm. love to put a really good filtration filtration system on our whole house. Um, in fact, I grew up that way. My I didn't realize this, but as an adult, my parents were telling me that my mom, she grew up with really, really bad seasonal allergies. So it was really important that they had, and they built the house I grew up in for the, though I spent the most time in. They had like this uber expensive like filtration system that had each quadrant like had its own filter had like four different filters on each one and it was like it would filter out everything like mold and dust and this and that like so basically you entered the house and our house environment was totally different than the outside Mm -hmm. of course I didn't know that growing up (laughs) but um air quality can be everything to the health of my oldest and knowing how important air quality can be just for general health. I would love to go there next. It's just very expensive and we don't own the house that we're in. So there's like, until we own the house, sorry, we're not going to be ripping up flooring and like putting in new stuff. So I think that honestly, the best, the best next best thing is going to be doing things like changing out our pillows where we lay our head at night and, uh, changing out and getting some filters in bedrooms, at least where we sleep for long periods of time. And, uh, like air quality, air quality, air quality is really where my mind is going next. Taking out fans because the dust collects onto the fans and it is impossible to keep them clean because the, it'll start to build up even a little bit at a time. And before I know it, I'm like breaking it apart because I have to like break them apart and clean them. So that I think that's going to be 2019's theme of the year <laughs> is air quality. 
I, I mean, that. water is also pretty high up there, too. I love that you'd said that, too, because I would love to do um, a better. Although, you know, up here in the Northwest, our water is not as bad as other places, but it still warrants some thought of, you know, having better air or better air and water quality. So, yep, that's what that's what I want. Well, I water quality is something we're going to be working on. And the funny part is the way I appeal to this with my husband is like the doomsday prepper status. <laughs> oh, my word. That would so resonate with mine, too. And he, <laughs> he, he wants. He, so we are going to get a, a big Berkey water filter this year. And Ooh, exciting. Yeah, it's an excellent, excellent home water, water filter. But you can purchase a smaller version of it. So they have like. A big Berkey uh, light, which is like the smaller version. Is it like tabletop? Uh, definitely tabletop. Mm, it's okay. pretty. It's it's pretty good size. Uh, but within that, he's like, great. This is something that we could use to like travel with. It's called the travel Berkey, and you can fill up your water. And it has less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's like big Berkey and then there's Berkey light and Royal Berkey and Imperial Berkey and crown Berkey. So so many Berkeys. (laughs) Yes. So many Berkeys. So they have lots of (laughs) options, but within all of that, they have tons of different size options and you can essentially um, throw those in your house and you have it's like a canister style where you're filtering your water in that specific unit rather than through a uh, filter like on your your sink or whatever so the Berkey water filter is a really good option and that's something we're going to invest in this year because you know I think we are on a great we have a well we're on we have great water where we're at but I love well water. I grew up on well water too. Yeah, we can we can take it a step further and just make sure we're filtering out any toxins because we all know natural doesn't always mean best, right? Truth. We're still going to get exposed Truth. to heavy metals and who knows, um, you know. And there's runoff from local farms and all that stuff in a, in a rural area that you have to pay attention to. So, water is going to be something we focus on this year as well. And, uh, and what we have done over the years is really work on, uh, doing all of those things for our son before stepping into doing that for us, which we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Uh, but on that note, I wanted to let you guys know that other, uh, mattress company that I really, really like is called Holy Lamb Organics. And Mm. they have, it's not a faith-based despite what it's called, but (laughs) um, they're really cool because they they do uh, natural latex and wool mattresses, bedding, duvets, like all the whole gamut. Uh, But there is zero waste natural bedding company. So none of their products ever go to a landfill ever. Wow. So they, they have a really cool program called the rekindle program that uses like, basically they find a way to use every single product. So they make like wool balls, they make body pillows, they make neck rolls, they make pet beds. They use everything that they have as far as extra like materials are concerned and they make something out of it. So it's pretty, pretty darn cool. <clears throat> so huh. that's amazing i hadn't heard of that one holy yep. lamb yeah and that this is where we hmm. got our son's um, mattress so oh, this cool. was like the first big non-toxic purchase that we made and when we bought this mattress we did not have this kind of money to throw at a mattress <laughs> it was that important mm-hmm. yes very very important to us so we dropped you know five hundred dollars that w- w- that was a, a huge stretch for us um, yeah, for a crib mat- yeah for a crib mattress for our son when he was born and and it's just been such a huge like weight lifted off and peace of mind and I think most of us like we think about how important sleep is but we don't think about how much we're in our bed like oh my gosh yeah percentage wise you spend a third of your life in your bed Mm-hmm. that's a lot to be in one spot like that, yeah. if that's a, if that's an area of your life to detoxify first, as far as these bigger items go, that's definitely it. Yeah. So that's where my mind is definitely going, especially where my oldest is having a flare up right now. And, um, I mean, even his teachers are like noticing and, you know, every school year where we have to reeducate the, his teachers about what to expect. And, um, and about this time every year, cold and flu season, it's just his little body takes such a hit with already being immune flared. And all I can think about is how can I 
mitigate his environment that he's in. And I go to bedding a lot. I go to like, where does he spend most of his time? Well, he spends a lot of his time in his bed. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and there's a lot of things you can't control, but that's the best part about this non-toxic, non-toxic journey that we're all on is that it's taking the power to do what you can control, you know? Yes. Control what you can. And obviously yes. like, as you are able to either save or as you're able to, you know, as your income or your situation increases or your space increases or whatever it is that you have, as things change, make more room for more in your life as you can, you know, swap things out, but start small. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So it's all about starting small when it comes to swapping out your, your products in your home to make so sure much that easier. you are having a non-toxic environment for yourself and your family. And so, you know, we started this conversation out with some really big things that we're switching out, which can be really overwhelming. But that's just our journey. That's just where we're at. That's like, that's part of the dream. Live in the dream. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the idea for us is to, you know, as things run out and need to be swapped out, that's when you take a lens at that. So I've known that I've been sleeping on a toxic mattress for five years, but I didn't have... space in my head or my budget to get a new mattress yet and so what we did was we got like a a very protective cover for that mattress that's supposed to mitigate that connection between you and the mattress Mm -hmm. and did organic sheets and did organic pillows because I was like I can do that right I can do that so those are small Mm -hmm. things I can do but then when it's time for me to swap out my mattress I'm going to do that we did the same thing with our couch to make sure we weren't getting a couch that had chemical flame retardants in it etc. So, so I want to circle this back around and really focus in on what are those tiny little things that you can start with in your home to create a less toxic environment for your family and, and do what we can with what we have. And that's the caveat. Anytime we have this discussion about bringing education and resources to all, to you all about how to transition your family to a more non-toxic lifestyle. It's not meant to overwhelm. It's not meant to Mm -hmm. make you feel like you have to do every single step. It's just meant to show you what's possible and help you become a more informed consumer because that is the biggest part of this is understanding and knowing the truth because I mean, I am in the holistic nutrition space and I didn't know the truth about what was in all of my stuff until a very short period of time ago. I mean, like, it's really alarming and it makes me angry and it's something that I should have known about. So for me as like not the average consumer to not know that, like that's really frustrating, but also then to realize this is information that everybody deserves to know regardless of, of any of that, like your, your job, your status, your expertise, you're, you're a human. You deserve to know this information. Yeah. This is a human problem. This is a human problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this actually, this episode is actually born out of a listener question that we got uh, back in September that we haven't had time to answer yet, (laughs) but we're going to bring it up now. Better late than never. Yeah. And our listener um, just asked us, basically, um, she had recently started using the Environmental Working Group app, which is called the Healthy Living app for you all who are using that or taking a look at it. Um, and she was just wondering how their rating and verification system works and then also how it compares to the Think Dirty app. So we're going to jump into that discussion really quick because we want to make sure you're equipped with resources that are very, um, helpful for you and not so confusing because <laughs> this whole yeah. process can be so confusing. So much information, in the first which is place. fabulous, yes. but my goodness. Yes. So essentially... I'm not going to talk a lot about this, but basically the Think Dirty app is an app that's stated with the aim of helping customers learn more about potential hazards in products and ingredients and being able to compare brands across the board. The EWG is there to do the same thing, plus a lot more. And both allow you to scan like UPC codes and take photos of cosmetic products and get like a hazard score or a rating from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're all about in, on this podcast platform and in our, our day to day with our education is giving you more information as consumers about ingredient hazards, but the think dirty app is not really doing this to its full capacity. In my personal opinion, this is my own professional and personal opinion. Um, 
you don't really get accurate information from the Think Dirty app and you don't really get a true comparison because of how their scoring methodology works. And it's so, so different than other yeah. things we've seen. Well, and there's a, a there's a huge lack of context in the in the Think Dirty app. And that's my main issue with it, um, because that lack of context uh, doesn't require brands to fully disclose ingredients to be registered on EWG. So there, that's first of all. And that's something mm. that EWG requires. You have to have full disclosure of ingredients to be listed on the EWG website, period, mm. whether you're mm. verified or not. Um, and so some companies that are, uh, getting rated by think dirty are not disclosing all their ingredients and therefore getting a better rating than they should because they're not disclosing all their ingredients. My goodness. That's kind of a problem. (laughs) And then the other thing that's actually kind of sensationalist in the other way is that some of the ingredients in think dirty score extremely high. Um, where it's between zero and 10, where 10 is like high hazard, which is the same for the environmental working group as far as the scale goes. That's Um, where it gets confusing. Because one or more studies can indicate that they might be an allergen, but allergies can contain like reactions to certain ingredients rather than like potential hazards to the general population. So that's kind of where the issue lies. And hazard can be such a broad statement. It's like, in what way? Yeah. (laughs) And then the other thing they don't do is consider the volume of an ingredient in a product. So they're not considering how much of that ingredient is going into the product and then the potential harm that can be caused by that. So if it's like a minuscule amount, it will get rated the same as if it's like the whole product was this one ingredient, mm-hmm. which it, you have to consider concentration. And then that that's where we get into it being all about context. So... Um, a lot of ingredients can score poorly because they may contain impurities or they commonly contain impurities, which it, that again, depends on sourcing. We see that issue with environmental working group as well. Um, but basically companies can obtain certificates of purity from suppliers to ensure that ingredients are not contaminated. And then therefore that, that should be adjusted. And that's something, that's something that we do with beauty counter with our, with our testing and everything. So um, the other thing that scores super high on Think Dirty, which is really interesting, is preservatives. And to some extent, it's understandable because they're meant to kill like microorganisms. But companies that use water in their products have to use preservatives. They are legally yeah, required you, and well, you, you chemically yeah. required yeah. to use preservatives, yeah. um, even in just like super duper small amounts. So even if less than 1% of a total product has preservative in it, it's going to get... Um, really highly it's like it's going to rate poorly like as a potential hazard even if it's less than one percent of the product i'm sorry anything that's gonna strike fear into people instead of give them the power of the knowledge yes is enough for me to go you know i'm just not interested in being a part of that because there's no reason to be afraid of preservatives that are done that have scientific backing behind them so we can understand what it's doing exactly you know it's it's but to lump something in such a huge category like that with no uh care for how it's being used how much and what it is and what the substance is is just it's it's too much fear-mongering for me to be okay with recommending it to people you know as an educational resource yep and if you're overly rating an ingredient as really hazardous you're almost unintentionally incentivizing companies to hide high scoring ingredients from their list like to Mm. find another Mm -hmm. way to hide it from you so that they can get a good rating i know i think the a lot of the trend i've seen at least in cosmetics is that um people that are innovating and they're taking out things like parabens and things like that you start looking at some of the cosmetics especially in drugstores and they've got some names on there i'm like I don't even know what this is and there's no data on it it's it's new material new ingredients things that are new to the market and that's almost scarier to me mm-hmm. because we have no clue what's going on there's no data right anywhere on these ingredients yeah it's cheap to make yeah it does its job but what else is it doing yeah. you know and it's it's the the amount of data that's involved with responsible reporting is key if you don't have the info you can't give a proper opinion yep either way which is kind of scary but amen (laughs) sister amen 
<laughs> so <laughs> all the hands, all the hands. So the EWG is a nonprofit organization that takes. Uh, there's two different rating systems within the EWG, and one is called the Skin Deep Database, and then one is called the Guide to Healthy Cleaning. And so household cleaning products within EWG are rated from an A to an F. A being the best, F being the worst. Um, and then the Skin Deep database is similar in that EWG Verified is an excellent uh, product to grab because they have the utmost transparency. They're working directly with Environmental Working Group to do more research and partner with them. It's it's a very cool designation. And then uh, anywhere from a 1 to a 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. And one of the things I love about looking at my products in the Environmental Working Group Skid Deep Database or the Healthy Cleaning um, Guide to Healthy Cleaning is that if you're on the main website and you click on a product, you search for a product, you find it. Like let's say we're looking up our, our dish soap and you find one ingredient in that dish soap. Everything else looks great. You see an overall rating. Maybe it rates a C because it's got one ingredient that rates like a seven or an eight and the rest rate a one. So it kind of averages it out. Then you're Mm -hmm. able to look at each individual ingredient and see how each individual ingredient rates. It will say how it rates and why. And then you can click on the actual ingredient and then see scientific studies backing and data backing why it's rated that way. So you can go do your own research. And this is why Jen and I love the EWG because it, it gives you empowerment as a consumer to start to understand not just what an ingredient is and why you should avoid it, but like where's the scientific proof that you should be avoiding this ingredient and how does that resonate with you? So for example, there mm-hmm. are things like citrus oils or peppermint oil that will get a bad, a quote unquote bad rating or a worse rating than maybe it should because some people are sensitive to it. But scientific backing doesn't say that the peppermint oil or that uh, grapefruit oil is bad for you, that it's hazardous it's not to your health. <laughs> no, it's not hazardous <laughs> to your health. It's just a potential irritant because some people react to it if they're sensitive. So you want to be able to look at that and really do your own due diligence. So for example, like most of beauty counter pro- products are either EWG verified or a one, but we have a couple that rate two or three. And the reason is because they have peppermint oil or... Um, citrus essential oil in there and those mm-hmm. things can be potential allergens or irritants for people so i need to know when i go look at a product and it rates a three i'm still going to consider it and i'm going to click on the the list and i'm going to see how how it comes up and what's the thing that's making it rate a three and how do i feel about that okay it's citrus oil great i don't care that's fine we, yeah I don't, truthfully I don't this is what i that. did this is what i did before i found a community of people to to really get to know is the EWG was one of the first resources that I found when I was, I was convinced I had an allergy to a common ingredient. So I started looking up ingredients and I got pointed to EWG because it was a good resource to read about ingredients and the studies behind them. Right. And it was, it forced me to create my own opinion around what I had learned about different ingredients. And that's when I, I started to draw the line in the sand for certain ingredients. Like there's a lot of ingredients out there that carry, um, they, they have uh, things that attach to them, the contaminants. And yep. yes, it may not be, you have to test it to find it. You know, it's like, it's not just going to show up. You don't say, oh, I'm putting 1,4-dioxane in this in, in this formula. It's like, you don't mean to, but it's there. And formaldehyde, same yep. thing. It's like, those things appear. And so, but when you read about that individual compound, that ingredient itself, you're, you're like, whoa, I'm... I have no interest in introducing that into my life, but knowing what it attaches itself to is also important because you need to know where it's coming from and how does it get into products in the first place? Cause nobody's purposely trying to do that. Yes. Well, as far as I understand, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that you, you have to create those kind of opinions for yourself because there are some fringe things. Like how do you feel about talc? Talc is one of those ones where you have to form your own opinion and you need to read about it yourself. You can't take someone's opinion as gospel. Yeah. You know, you need to read about why it's getting ratings that it's getting. And like, I personally don't have a problem with using talc when I know that the sourcing is correct. Yeah. When I know that people are testing to make sure that there is no, Um, nothing attached to it and contaminants and things like that but there are a lot of people out there that are not comfortable with that and they have no interest in using a product with talc that is their choice Mm -hmm. you know 
So yeah. it's like you becoming ha- becoming an informed consumer and then mm-hmm. making a decision that feels right for you and your gut for your family. And having resources that you feel good yeah. about. Exactly. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, and so a couple of things I want to, I want to note about the environmental working group and questions, uh, subsequent questions that I've gotten from a couple of people, uh, are, uh, what does EWG verified mean? Mm-hmm. And then, um, if a product ingredient like scores low for hazards, is it considered safe? So both of those things I want to touch on and mm-hmm. EWG verified it essentially takes like the skin deep rating system a step further and requires companies to submit significantly more detailed information than an actual skin deep submission to confirm that they avoid ingredients that are, um, uh, basically hazardous to our health or have been flagged for potential health concerns, they have to fully disclose all of their ingredients to consumers. So not just to the environmental working group, but their label has to fully disclose every single ingredient in their product, including and that includes fragrance, including fragrance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to ensure that their products are adequately preserved and free of contaminants. So they have to do safety testing and follow good manufacturing processes to make sure they're not adding additional contaminants into the process too. Shoot. That is diverse. That is it's, a diverse list. It's awesome. You can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so to be authorized to use like the EWG verified mark or that claim, a company has to meet basically all of that rigorous criteria and then provide additional information not typically found on the product label. So um, sourcing, ingredient sourcing is part of that. Uh, and it's Good. an effort to drive the market toward greater transparency. So it makes it easier. So for me, I, if I can search a product, I'm always going to choose the EWG verified version. Always. Yeah, when in doubt. <laughs> when in doubt, choose the EWG, EWG verified, verified. It's a little green yeah. check mark. Yep. Green check mark. Um, and like they know which ones meet EWG's strictest standards for criteria, criteria for transparency and health and all of that. You can see that within that EWG verified mark. And I love the work that they're doing. So much yeah. of the data and research that's out there has been facilitated by the environmental working group through other non, um, basically like through third party research uh, avenues, universities, et cetera. Like Tufts University is, an, is a great example of a university that works heavily with EWG and Beauty Counter actually to get testing done in the personal care industry. Um, great. Yeah. So I, I personally, this is why I use this tool. The transparency is there. The tool is a great tool to use. It, it allows you to dig deeper and do your own research and it makes mm-hmm. you an empowered consumer. And they make I don't want somebody to just tell me yes or no. I want to know why. Well, and even if you are someone who wants to be told yes or no, you can get that answer from EWG and be, be well, EWG verified. Does that? Yes. PZ. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the second question was again, like if a product or ingredient scores low for hazards, does EWG consider it safe? And this is from the EWG. They say not necessarily scores are based on safety information in publicly available toxicity databases, but Which since safety tiny. studies aren't required by law, there may be no publicly available data for some ingredients. Thousands of cosmetics ingredients have not been assessed for safety, even by the industry's own safety panel. What so, was I just saying? Oh, cheap right? new products out there where you're just like, I don't even yep. know what that is. I've never seen that ingredient before. So if there's not <laughs> a lot of data and there's no potential health concern that's known, it will just rate the particular ingredient will rate a one on EWG. But if you click it and it says data none versus data limited or data expansive, yeah, low, high, uh, if it says none, go do your own research about that particular ingredient. (laughs) And just as a caveat, just so you know, most of the information out there or most of the ingredients that have a decent amount of data on it, it only says fair. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen anything above fair. Maybe I have, I have parabens. for uh, <laughs> ethylene oxide, parabens, and then some elements in fragrance. Yeah. Like so. I think that there's just enough out there that, that but we <laughs> there's need more. not enough. In- yes. There's not enough information, enough data out there. That was the part that really um, started this for me is when I started learning what that meant when it was saying fair and limited and none. And um, cause when I was directed to the EWG after searching, I was like, what does that mean? And when I realized everything I was reading, everything was low or none, 
like I was I was happy to find something that said fair when mm-hmm. I was looking up ingredients. It, that shocked me. Yep. I didn't realize that the barrier to entry to the market was so easy <laughs> compared to what I thought it would be. I mean, it's really easy. It's really easy. Guys, it's really I put out easy. a charcoal toothpaste and I put up more barriers than the government did for me to put that on the market. Right? I had a higher standard as a non-professional, like I had never done this before, but after formulating for Sparkle Beauty, which is my toothpaste company, it, it blew my mind. I had to ask for extra testing from my, the, the chemist at the lab that we worked with. And it, it was one of those things that I knew it was bad, but after formulating and going through the process of manufacturing myself, I was and just how like, how easy it was to get it was, approved. It was so easy oh my word it was it's true what they say it's like money can get you just about anything and it's true you got the chunk of money to invest and you can make anything you can go to a lab that has a chemical chemist or a um, cosmetic chemist and they can help you formulate anything and they're not going to be the ones to say would you like to have this tested you have to ask for it and you have to demand it yes I know and you have to pay for it (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yes i know it'll cost extra money but i need to know if any of the ingredients that are being used in this have extra contaminants attached to them i just i wouldn't and i and i told my business partner ahead of time i will not move forward with this until i know that there is no contaminant contaminants being coming from the tubing from the manufacturing process from the vats that the stuff this sits in there's just too many opportunities and it's just crazy how easy it was it's just like this is craziness so to, to be able to use the EWG as a database and be able to know how much data there is on each ingredient is really everything for me because I when I first started this journey, I was totally freaked out before I really educated myself. I mean, I was flipping my hair over in the shower because I didn't want my shampoo to touch me. I cold turkey stopped everything. But once I became educated, I stopped being scared. I wasn't scared anymore because I understood where to shop and how to shop and what that meant but I also understand that I was kind of on a bit obsessive mode and not everybody can do that (laughs) right you know not everybody can stop their entire life and just research like I did well I mean you were already in the industry so you came from this place of frustration I I remember hearing you say several times after you've told your story um that you couldn't believe it when you thought to yourself that you might be contributing to the problem in yeah, what you 100%. did in the makeup space. So I can imagine I, yeah. why you were like really, I mean, super. Oh, I was on fire. Digging. I was just like, mm-mm. And you nah. know what makes me so happy is that part of that digging landed you to look at Beauty Counter before I ever talked to you about it. Truth. Because yeah, I was on a hunt, what, man. That's what brought you to that space. So I absolutely love it. Um, so before we get into kind of what we want to talk about as far as you know, what we need to look for in specific products to avoid, um, you know, our top products that we suggest for switching over to, I want to, I want to have a brief discussion about fragrance because this shit really honestly just pisses me off. Um, (laughs) uh, and, and just kind of why we need to look at fragrance as the absolute first thing that we should look at an ingredient list and pitch those products or swap them out as soon as we can or dig Mm -hmm. deeper and say, okay, is this fragrance made up of all essential oils? Is the company being transparent about what they're listing in their fragrance? Nine, 9.9 times out of 10, they're not. So Genevieve, will you just touch on that for us for a little bit? Yeah. Fragrance is kind of a big deal for me. It was one of the first things that I, I drew the line in the sand. It was parabens and fragrance was where, because I needed to start with something that was easy to identify because I was truly overwhelmed. But when I started looking into uh, really what are some of the big offenders, it's like you think about, this is an easy exercise too. I want you to, as you're listening, think about one person in your life that says they're sensitive to fragrance they're sensitive to smells Mm -hmm. they walk in somebody's room and they're like oh my gosh their perfume or they go oh I've, I've been in this room too long I have a headache because of that candle or I can't use the bathroom at that place because of the type of fragrant that they have the the smell that they have in their bathrooms I guarantee you there's at least one person in everyone's life that's listening right now that has that issue guys that's a real thing I'm in your Cassie's life, you guys. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> See, I've never had a problem with that. I've, I've always been able to, like, 
But the interesting part is, is when you get into the fragrance, and you start detoxifying from it a little bit. Dude, I have better, I have better taste. I can smell more. I'm telling you, like I have, I have way more range of smell than I had before. And I I appreciate different tastes now that I didn't appreciate before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but truthfully, um, fragrances, formulas have been protected from the federal government for a long time because it's considered a quote unquote trade secret. And it started out, I'm sure it started out in a way to be able to help businesses have a leg up. If they had something that smelled a certain way, they don't want somebody copycatting. Fine. But has turned into a loophole that is where you can literally dump anything and everything into that product and so the the worst part about the fragrances is we don't know what's in there we don't know how many or how little because they don't have to tell us and nobody's going to and so for me that's where they hide a lot of things this is what i figured out is their parabens and phthalates are a big part of that quote-unquote trade secret Mm -hmm. and it's it's not okay because there's been tons of studies done on parabens and phthalates and what they're doing to our endocrine system and just the fact that it's being protected by the federal law is enough for me to just kind of give it the side eye and so anytime i'm shopping and i see the word fragrance i'm like nope i put it down (laughs) There are, there are a couple products that I'd like to get rid of just for that word because the rest of their ingredient label is amazing and it's one of the best hair products I think I've used. They're all styling products, um, but it says natural fragrance. And again, that's protected. So they can, it could, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be all natural. It's not regulated. So when you're looking at the word fragrance, it's important to understand that you don't get to choose what's there. And you don't get to choose. You you can't. You'll never know what's actually in it. Yeah. And for me, that I drew. I drew the line in the sand for sure, right there. So one of the things I want to touch on with fragrance is that there are a few different ingredients to look for uh, that are commonly in and hidden under the word fragrance. Sometimes they're just blatantly listed on the label too. Which, I mean, I guess transparency is great, but these are things that you need to be aware of. And there are different kinds of parabens. So you don't, you can't just look for parabens on a label and be like, okay, I'm good to go. Um, Butyl paraben is one that you really want to look for. There are several studies that have linked uh, butyl parabens to reaction with UVB rays and they can actually damage your DNA and increase skin aging. And then there are several kinds of parabens that also are linked to organ toxicity, fertility issues, birth and developmental effects, and then hormone disruption. And so, I mean, there are lots of good things that we can talk about as far as like related studies and all of that. But the Environmental Working Group is a really great resource for all of that information. Because if you click on fragrance in in an ingredient list or you just look up fragrance, you can, there's a whole list of resources available there. Uh, but most things that you see on a label will indicate, uh, won't indicate like you need to look into anything essentially as an ingredient label. It'll say fragrance and then, or it'll say natural fragrance. You're like, okay, cool. If this is natural fragrance, it must be essential oils. Nope. The word natural is not regulated at all. It's really important to know that. They could flat out lie. Yeah. So nobody's going to catch it. Nobody's going to say anything. (laughs) So what I want to talk about is the, um, the label fragrance free, which is some Mm, literal BS BS. (laughs) because this one got me real upset. mm -hmm. So something can be considered fragrance free if it has a net neutral scent. So that just makes me so mad. So companies can put things that cause like a scent in a product that are either, you know, non-toxic or potentially toxic, but they can add other toxic ingredients to neutralize that scent. It's basically chemically neutral. It's chemically which is- neutral as far as fragrance, yeah, is concerned, Ugh. but it's not. Um, and so that's something you really want to have a good handle on. If something says fragrance free, that does not mean that it's fragrance free. You got to flip it over. You got to look at that ingredient list. And the same, this is the same conversation I have with people about food. Like just cause something says sugar free, that's some BS. Turn it around. Does it have aspartame in it? Does it have, you know, it's, it's the same thing. And unfortunately in the world that we live in now, we have to walk around being incredibly empowered consumers mm-hmm. and it frustrates the heck out of me. Because mm-hmm. 
I shouldn't have to do that much digging. I shouldn't. Can, you shouldn't. Yeah. I should. We shouldn't have to record this episode for you. Like, I know. We shouldn't know? teach you guys how to be safe in your shopping for personal care products or well, just, household products. You or, should just have access to that. That should mm-hmm. just be the standard. It's okay. Crap. I have a story time for you, please. So I tried a new uh, face cream the other day because it was sent to me to try out and it's from a brand called Biosense mm-hmm. and they're kind of new and up and coming. Um, I really like their ingredient selection and they sent me um, this squalene, this squalene based. She's not. Yeah, she's nodding her head. I, know, like, I don't know what that is. Um, it's basically like a healthy fat, like an omega three style night cream and it's yummy and amazing and makes my skin feel so good, especially after the overnight resurfacing peel. <laughs> but man, does that stuff stink. Oh, does it have fragrance it's, in it? No, that's the thing is they didn't put anything in it, they, but they could have made it chemically neutral. But oh. see, I put it on and within seconds it's gone. But when okay. I first put it on my face, I'm like, <laughs> it smells terrible, but it goes away within seconds. Like I don't, it doesn't linger. It doesn't stay. That's the other thing. If you put something near you and it lingers, that is not fragrance free. I tell you the thing that makes me the the most angry when it comes to this is contact with children in fragrance. Mm-hmm. And I, when I am away from my kid and he's in some sort of social situation and he's a little hugger, he loves to hug everybody. But he Mm -hmm. comes home and whoever's perfume or cologne is literally stuck to him at the end of the day. I don't care. I don't care how late it is. I don't care if he already fell asleep in the car. Like we're doing a bath or a shower. That stuff is coming straight in the wash. Straight in the wash. Ain't no double wearing going out of that. Mm -hmm. And it's so frustrating. And it still happens with people who I'm really close to. And it's a difficult conversation to have with your family and friends. But, you know, I kind of I take this as like the approach that I take with food in the same way. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, like in our in our episode about, you know, like sticking to your own food needs in a social situation. Mm-hmm. But this is this goes for the same. I mean, you know, I'm not going to walk around being like, oh, my God, you know how fragrant how bad fragrance is for you and immunotoxicity yeah. and organ. Like, I'm not going to do that. That's I'm, I'm not, that, not person. that person. <laughs> I try not to be that evangelistic. <laughs> uh, but what I will say is, hey, so, you know, my son is really sensitive to fragrance. If you wouldn't mind not putting on cologne or, you know, if he's around that all it's one it's one thing if it's like a one time thing. But if it's someone that's caring for him consistently or that he's around consistently, I just ask really kindly, like, this is just a really specific request from our family. And I realize it's out of, um, out of the ordinary for me to ask this of you. And if it's not okay with you, that's okay. We can figure something out, but would you mind? And most people are like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. Uh, and, and so accommodating and sweet about it, but we come at it from a perspective of not of this is a choice we're making for our family and what you're doing is bad. It's a, this is a choice we're making for our son because he's sensitive to this. Turns out. Would you support us? Yeah. And and it turns out everybody's sensitive to it, but (laughs) right. right? I I poise it from that perspective and I do the same with food. I'm just like, Oh yeah, that, you know, eating that food just doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to, I'm not going to talk about the negative health effects of gluten. Like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, Oh, eating bread just doesn't make me feel great. So I'm just going to pass this time. Thanks so much though. Right. Well, and so working I think you- with the public, when I was in the med spa world, people would have their face really close to my body. Like they'd lay at the table and their head would be really close to my stomach. And they'd be that way for an hour at least. So I would spend pretty decent quality time with total strangers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was it was a really big deal as a as an esthetician in that space. You do not wear perfume Mm-mm. like that is such a bad idea especially because you're going to be doing treatments that are compromising their 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 skin barrier and things and it's funny when I started learning about all this stuff I started connecting dots and I'm like I should have known this and should have figured this out I mean if I already understood the effects of fragrance when you're compromising someone's skin should have made me think twice about what it was like even when your skin was intact fully intact mm-hmm. you know it's like but we were being trained even then to be careful and to make sure most of the products that we carried did not have fragrance in it or it was chemically neutral. But you know what I mean? We did the best we could at the time. Yes. <laughs> and so, so 
go ahead sorry it was just it was okay it's just really important that we connect dots we we've heard these things before about other people being sensitive it's just being able to carry forward and using the knowledge that's in front of us to be able to connect those dots is what's key yeah so the last thing i want to mention as far as fragrance is concerned is propyl paraben and this one Mm. is really known to affect the endocrine system so your your whole system of hormones and basically how your entire body communicates (laughs) from system to system and um propyl parabens are actually a, a really high hazard because what they do is mimic estrogen. You'll often hear propyl parabens and, and things in this uh, category of products or of ingredients considered uh, xenoestrogens. But essentially mm. what a xenoestrogen is, is, a, is an estrogen mimicker. So it acts as a potential endocrine hormone in your system and disrupts your natural hormone balance. So you get excess estrogen in the body. And then that coupled with basically uh, an epidemic of people who have additional um, uh, fat cells, essentially, and fat mm-hmm. loves to store excess estrogen. So mm-hmm. that that combination can make the potential of your body to store an intense amount of excess estrogen really, really high. And that doesn't mean that you have to lose weight to get rid of that estrogen necessarily, but that does mean there's a, there's a process in which you need to um, go through to basically be able to detox that. And part of that is just first mitigating your exposure to excess estrogen. And that comes with plastics that comes with fragrance. Um, It comes with a lot of those ingredients that will mimic the body's natural hormone system. And you know how this was explained to me when I was first on this journey, I started talking to some practitioners about it and it was explained to me, if you think about your body is basically at war all the time. Yes. (laughs) Cause you know, our body is in a state of protection. That's what our body's for our skin. That's what our organs are for is, um, a place of, you know, battling things. And if you think about it, um, if your body is dealing with endocrine disruption, you can almost think of it as like, um, little army invaders and spies, that are dressing themselves up to look like something else. And it's the thing about it is, is if you think about it in that context, it's if we are constantly allowing those things into our life, how is our body ever going to be able to react the way it's meant to in every situation? You know, it can't protect you. It can't absorb nutrients because it's just straight up confused, you know, and endocrine, endocrine disruption just looks like, oh, well, it's just an, it's an interruption in the flow. It's like, no, it's a, it's a mimicking process. It's a confusion. It's a, um, how can your body possibly defend itself when it's constantly confused? Right. That was oh how it was explained I love to it. Me. I, th- I love it. I think that's great. I really appreciate you sharing that perspective too, because it's easy for me to gloss over some of those, like, how do we, how do we really relate this and explain how this works? So thank you for Thank you for adding oh, that. You're, I really appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. Little <laughs> spies in your bodies, people. Little spies. Get those little spies out. They don't belong. <laughs> Get out. So uh, so honestly, I, I think this is a great place to stop for this first part of this episode. This is definitely a two-parter for everybody. Uh, what we really want to equip you with is to know, okay, how do I look for non-toxic products? Like what avenue should I use? We're going to point you to the Environmental Working Group for that 100%. It's a wonderful organization. Uh, And then, of course, like, as Genevieve often says, is like, take the side eye. (laughs) Yeah, I know. She's like, "Mm." so (laughs) so give give ingredients that have uh, low or no data the side eye, even if they rate well. So go do your own research from there. Um, And if you can't find much, then maybe avoid that product and try something else if there's low or no data. That's always going to be an evolutionary process. Uh, absolutely. Too. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, bit by bit that you can do. And then always turning a side eye at fragrance. <laughs> like always. It, that's like the one ingredient. If you guys take anything from this conversation and you don't even listen to the next episode, which please do, by the way, uh, <laughs> we, we would love to have you there. <laughs> we would love to have you there. Uh, but within that conversation is really being able to look at all the products that you have in your home. And I'm talking hand soap, body lotion, toothpaste. There will be fragrance in Laundry in toothpaste, laundry detergent, um, dryer. We're not even to talk about cosmetics. Cosmetics, yeah. Why? Why does like 
why does I don't know mattifying powder need to have fragrance in it? Like, what is that about? Why does concealer need fragrance? Why does concealer always has fragrance? Why? Always. Why? I, I don't know. I don't so, know. Anyways, it, but it can it can literally be in anything. And first course of action is just to take you know flip over your products, take a look at that ingredient list. Does it say fragrance? Okay, now it's time to either toss it and get something different or do some digging. And honestly, for most things, I tell people, okay, you know, as you run out replace it and that's definitely a strategy that you can take but boy I tell you when I learned about fragrance I took everything in my house that had fragrance and I threw that crap in the garbage (laughs) that was the first thing I did was went through anything that had fragrance or parabens yeah yep and if it was something I could just stop using I just stopped using it and then if it was things I needed to replace I just went out and found a replacement as long as it was affordable for our family so okay I have to say this before we go you know what frustrates me the most is that I have found the most fragrance opportunities and the most paraben opportunities in first aid stuff. Why? Because it's cheap. Because <laughs> it's cheap. Truth uh. be told, like some of the worst stuff that was in my house was stuff like eczema cream, mm. first aid cream for like cuts and wounds. And that and and that truth be told made me the most upset when I went through my parents things the things that they needed the most detox from were things that mitigated um like skin issues that they had um whether it was like cracked skin or chapped lips or like eczema or well, allergies things I was just like so, so here's the crazy part of that right the, there's toxic ingredients being applied to an area of the skin that is more exposed that's compromised. It's totally compromised. That barrier, like it's like it's getting put inside your body. Yeah. Oh. Like the thing that oh. needs the cleanest ingredients the most, especially children's products, like yes. children's eczema products. When I learned there was this one specific ingredient that was in um, one of my kids' eczema, because they both suffered with eczema when they were younger. We, we still have issues, but it's getting better. Uh, and I learned that it is known to cause eczema. In some studies, I could not believe my eyes. I went on this. I was like, that can't be right. This was right at the very beginning of my journey. And I was like, this can't be right. This cannot be right. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And it, sure enough, it was. And it just made me look at everything that I was choosing. And it's not as simple as reading the label anymore. It's you have to, you have to know or you have to know somebody that knows that's willing to teach you. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. Amen, sister. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.